Just before we um, have our Bible reading, I just thought it would be helpful just to do a little recap because we are on Sunday mornings going through a book called Nehemiah, who is a chap who had um, a particular, he was living far away from Jerusalem, but he had heard some terrible news about the state of Jerusalem and the people, his family, his tribe who um, were living there. And um, he, he just sat and he wept when he heard the news. Such was the devastation and the shame that was involved in this ruined city. <clears throat> and then um, after he had wept bitterly for some time, he then kind of cried out to God as he acknowledged the, the kind of circumstances that had led up to this point, the, the consequences, really, of past actions and attitudes. And he cried out to God on their behalf, on his behalf, really. And then last week, we saw him really courageously ask for help for this plan to rebuild these walls. Uh, he wasn't a builder, he was a cupbearer. In, in the king's court. So this was a kind of a really incredible thing for him to do, but he just felt that uh, this is what he needed to do and that God would be with him. And so at this point that Everton's going to come and read to us now, he arrives after a very long journey in Jerusalem. It's Nehemiah chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 11. Nehemiah inspects J Jerusalem's walls. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate towards the jackal wall, towards the jackal well, and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on towards the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as yet, I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when Sambalat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about this, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this that you are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim 
or, his, or historic right to it. This is the word of the Lord. So Nehemiah has arrived in Jerusalem to embark on this rebuilding project. It's something that I said he has never done before. This is not particularly in his skill set up to this point, where prior to this he was just tasting the wine before the king drank it. So as we think about starting something new, I wonder how you begin that process. Or what stops you from starting something new? If you've got a job or something, a situation that needs addressing, you know that doing nothing is no longer an option. How do you get started? Or what stops you? I wonder if you would just like to turn to someone sitting nearby and just have a little word with them. Just say, is there something in your life that you need to get started and don't quite know how to? Or what you do do? Okay. So we're going to use Nehemiah's story, what we've heard today, to see um, what tips we can glean for our own encouragement and learning. And recognizing that, of course, starting something new isn't necessarily of our own choice. Sometimes if we choose to start something new, we can feel kind of quite excited about that. But there are other occasions where difficult circumstances have enforced a new start upon us, in which case uh, we can begin the process feeling full of dread and concern and worry. And of course, new starts can be about small things. It can be like taking up a Pilates class or I don't know, losing weight or taking up an art class. It can be just little things. Or sometimes it can be the big things in life, where it's a reconfiguration, really, of life as we know it. So I'm just this morning just going to look at three ways, really, um, that, that maybe Nehemiah can help us. The first one is that he actually shows up in Jerusalem. So that, that may sound a little bit obvious, but actually it's massive. Often showing up is the biggest hurdle that we have to break through. It's often the first hurdle anyway. So we can see what we need to do. We could spend hours thinking through it. We could work through every nook and cranny of the problem or situation that we want to change or begin. We could research and have all the theory. But unless we actually begin to take action, well, then we just stay in the same place. So I came across what I thought was quite an insightful quote from Woody Allen, the American filmmaker and actor. Uh, he's not someone I particularly admire, but sometimes he comes out with some good things. 80% of success is turning up. I thought that was quite, you know, ooh, it's interesting, isn't it? 80% of success is just rocking up at the right time. It really can be the biggest hurdle. 
So I had allocated some time on Thursday morning to preparing this sermon. And I had told Nigel, my husband, of my plan that I would begin straight after breakfast. So I knew the text. I knew the theme, making a start. I had even done some thinking and writing and reading beforehand. I even had the deadline of knowing that on Sunday morning I was going to be standing here and that really it'd be kind of quite helpful if I had something to say. But when Nigel found me ironing some sheets immediately after breakfast, he made the very wry comment that he hadn't realised that sermon prep includes ironing. The bottom line is that at some point I needed to sit down in front of a computer with a Word document open in front of me. I needed to show up. The second thing I think we can learn from Nehemiah is that he takes a reality check. In the passage we've just read, there's no sense of hurry about him as he arrives in Jerusalem and waits three days. He holds his counsel and he tells no one about his plans. So there's no sense of panic here, no rushed or forced decisions. He doesn't overcomplicate the situation by thinking of all the reasons why his plan wouldn't work. He weighs up the task ahead in reality by riding and walking the walls. He takes it step by step, one issue at a time. And I do think it would have been easy for him to be overwhelmed because he really wasn't a builder. Do you know this riddle, um, how do you eat an elephant? Um, and, and again, that's not something I'm recommending that we go around eating elephants. Fantastic. Oh, look at that. I, I heard the voice and I can't see where it came from. Oh, that Maggie, thank you. So one bite at a time. When something seems huge and overwhelming, we take one bite at a time. And actually, as our anxieties will lessen, even if they don't go away, as we take a reality check and face our fear about the task ahead of us, and we look at it one step at a time. Thirdly, Nehemiah wasn't on his own. We read then that he finally speaks to those around him, those who are living in Jerusalem. He names the problem, both the physical state of the walls being broken down, but also the emotional state that they were all feeling, the feelings of disgrace and being in this situation in the first place. He speaks to those who have the same heart as him, the same understanding. He speaks and inspires. Come, let us rebuild the walls together. And he shares his testimony, his story of how God has helped him to this point of his journey. When we need to make a start on something new or are resolved to make a fresh start on some old matter, large or small, 
we gain momentum and encouragement when we share our vision, our hope, our dreams with others who feel similarly, who get where we're coming from. Maybe those who have walked a similar pathway before. And whether it's a spiritual discipline like trying to read the Bible in a year or joining an exercise class, we feed from one another's spiritual and emotional energy and we gain encouragement from one another as we share our stories with one another. And so it strikes me that there's something here in Nehemiah's story as he makes a new start amongst the disgrace of the ruins of the city that touches one of the central messages of the Christian faith. Despite the amount of brokenness surrounding us or within us, a brokenness of our own making or that of others, Jesus Christ is the master of new starts of helping women, men, and children do reality checks in their lives and empowering them to begin afresh. With Jesus Christ, it is never too late to make a new start. And of course, what that looks like is so different for all of us. And I'm not saying at all that this is straightforward. But the invitation is there for us to take a reality check with ourselves, with him, and gain encouragement and help by talking with others around us. There's a lot of church bashing going on at the moment, but you know, there is one thing I know, and I have my own story about this, that Jesus Christ is the master of new starts and he is longing for us to explore that with him to partner with him on that journey and it's for this reason that Sam and Sophie are able to confidently able to dedicate their children this morning knowing that the love of Jesus Christ will enfold and uphold Zach and Lois all their days, whatever lies before them, always offering them a new start when they need it. And so as we go into this next week, I pray that whatever it is that God has laid on our hearts or what ideas we have had, that we would gain encouragement from being part of a bigger family, part of a bigger something other than ourselves, that we will know that the love of Jesus Christ is always drawing us to himself that we are able to make a new start, big or small. Amen. <laughs>